0: And fun deep dive into the workers behind the professions. I'm your host, Cassie Townsend, a at jacket of all trades. We're going to cover the ins and outs of jobs, careers, and the daily grind that led professionals to where they are and where they're going. On today's show, we're going to talk with an RN by the name of Leona Partridge. Hi, Leona, and Hi. welcome to Work History.
1: Hi, Cassie. Thank you for having me.
0: Yay! <laughs> so, uh, this is a travel podcast, and I am currently in Washington State, and that's actually where I know you from, so yes. that's really exciting. And right now we're in a little town, <laughs> a <laughs> suburb, a huge it's town. It's a suburb. I,
1: I think it's like the fifth or sixth largest city. Yeah, in, it's pretty big.
0: Yeah. Um, called Federal Way. Yeah. And we're recording at the library here, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But uh, my first question for you is, what is an RN? Those are two letters of yeah. the alphabet. That's all I know.
1: Yeah, so RN stands for registered nurse, and there are a few different types of nurses, at least in the United States. Um, there's an LPN, a licensed practical nurse, oh. and there's an RN, registered nurse. And then there's also a ARNP, which is um, some A, something, association, registered nurse practitioner. And so that's ah. a higher higher level more education and more authority as a nurse but wow. um rn is registered nurse i
0: and didn't know there were so many different hierarchies hi, hi, mm-hmm. hierarchy of nurses <laughs> yeah out there.
1: i didn't either until i started pursuing
0: yeah the movies only tell me about candy stripers. That's right. And then um, the nurse is always smarter than the doctor.
1: Yeah, the ICU, ICU nurse always <laughs> catches the problem. Yes, and then, <laughs> they always know what's up,
0: and then they roll their eyes when the doctor comes in with the swagger uh-huh. and thinks he knows, thinks he or she knows anything.
1: Yeah, he's and, always looking at his clipboard.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the nurse like... Uh-huh. Patting the patient on their hand going, I already knew this. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: As soon as the doctor leaves, like, okay, this is what's really going on. (laughs)
0: Right, (laughs) right. Um, So how long have you been a registered nurse?
1: 32 years. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a long time.
1: Yeah, it's my only it's the only job I've had since I graduated from co- I mean, it's the major job I've had since I graduated college. Yeah. So, it's yeah. the one major career 32 That's years.
0: That's amazing. Um, and what made you get into I mean, we'll probably talk about, you know, your work history mm-hmm. around that time, but what in your high school or college mm-hmm. time did you go, I want to be a nurse?
1: Right. So, I had I had girlfriends in school that would read those books, Sherry Ames Sherry Ames school nurse or something. It was like a whole book series about nurses. Oh. And I'd look at them and be like, what? Why are you reading about nurses? Like, I don't <laughs> want to be a nurse. But what happened is um, I got very interested. I was raised in a Christian home. Uh-huh. And i go to church, and they would talk about missionaries. And missionaries, you know, people that would go out to other countries, and, you know, maybe they would be serving in services or give Bibles or preach or whatever. But what really kind of drew me in was they go in and help and make Make things better, whether it be providing food or providing first aid or going in or shelter because there's been a hurricane or whatever. So,
0: I was just. Friend of mine is a missionary in North Carolina. He travels worldwide and he builds houses for people. Yes, practical. Right? yeah. Yeah.
1: So. In high school, um, you know, I'm hearing about these missionaries, and I'm just like, I want to go to Africa. I want to go to India. I wanna, maybe it was more about travel for me <laughs> as yeah, a high schooler. Yeah. But when I told my parents, um, they were very supportive, That's which crazy. was great. And they said, well, let's do it. And my, I mean, my mom is a devout Christian, and, and she's like, well, we got to get you out there. Get yeah. you out there, serving the Lord, and um, <laughs> I, you know, as a parent now, I don't know that I would be so eager to send my sixteen-year-old out to a third-world country with right. people she doesn't know. Right? In fact, I wouldn't do it, but I'd go along. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, they allowed me to go on some missionary summer trips, wow. and so I got to go to the Philippines. It was like through an, um, a national organization. You, uh, they train you here and in U.S. and you'd meet at this camp. The camp was in Missouri. Wow. It was called MOI,
0: MOI, Missions
1: Outreach Incorporated. I don't know if they still exist. We're going to look them up. Yeah, and we'll look if, them up.
0: If they exist, we'll put them in the show notes.
1: Sure. So okay. there was a brochure that came along, and I saw all these countries you could go to, and they, they give a description of the project. And so I picked the Philippines. Um, I don't know why I picked the Philippines I think cuz it looked like it was going to have a lot of travel like we're going to fly and then go on a boat to a remote island. Oh yeah. So we get there and I work with a family that's um it's a pastor but his wife is a registered nurse. Huh. And she had basically built a hospital, created wow. a triage area, served this community oh, and he gosh. was like he was like the man of the town and she was like the mom of the town with her registered wow. nurse. Training, so we built them a uh, building for an orphanage for a school. But the whole time, I was always talking to her and watching her and seeing what she was doing, and I quickly realized that nursing is such an international um, need yeah. that no matter where you go, you can do this work. And so I, so I saw that. The next summer, I asked my parents if I could go to India because I thought, well, if I can go to India, I can go anywhere because it just seemed like the very scary third world, you know.
0: It's very exotic. Exotic sure. it's and different, exotic. and um, all the colors and the smells and the, the color, and, and, and yeah, and the language and,
1: language and the religions and every so, video
0: that I see about India. Which I, I still haven't been out of the country yet, so okay. I'm, I'm getting my passport. Oh my this gosh, it's exciting. Uh, and and I'm really excited to like make a trip. To yeah. My first one's gonna be in Canada or, or Mexico, okay. whatever I'm closest to okay. when yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. in. But um and maybe by the time this podcast airs, yeah. I would have already been out of the country. We'll <laughs> see. But um but anytime I see video of India, it's uh the driving is yeah. so compact. There's yes. so many people in one road. It's like worse than LA. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But you know, LA is just uh, it's packed as well, but there's not. Well, I guess there are motorcycle drivers on the freeway yeah. swerving. I used to do that, lane sharing. But it, for me, seeing India videos mm-hmm. it, they're more than just lane sharing they're yeah. like kicking cars yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 there's
1: pedestrians and donkeys and yeah. cars and motorcycles and little jeepneys right and
0: they're and everywhere. they're
1: driving on the left side of the road they're right. driving which is, the, which is different confusing mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah you can easily step out and just dr- walk into traffic right. because you're, you're not used to looking to the left first oh, you always look geez. to the you know oh, oh wait
0: yeah.
1: yeah you have to look to the left cause yeah coming. you have to look to the left yeah um yeah, so well, they
0: say look both ways before you cross the street. So I guess yeah. that's why, <laughs> just we, in case you're in exactly. India. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, so you you chose so India. So I chose to
1: go to India, and I would say that that was the clincher. That was the one because um, I we didn't work with medical people, but I w- always would volunteer to do like any first aid. So again, we were building something. We built a uh, like a stone building that was going to be a schoolhouse for oh. some orphans, and I still follow. I still follow the missionary through Facebook that we helped. He was a really wonderful person. Um, Anyway, so we built this building, but there was like three incidents where I was called on to help and, you know, wrap a bandage on a cut. Or or we had these little orphan children running around helping us, adorable Mm -hmm. children. And one of them, a shovel, they didn't wear shoes, of course. course, A shovel went into his foot and cut (gasps) it pretty bad. So I washed it out and, you know, Bandaged it and gave him hugs, and he would come back every day and point and say, Need change, need change. Aww. So I'd change his bandages. And it was just that the ability to connect with people, yeah. nonverbal, caring for them, showing compassion. It just kind of clicked for me that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so once I came back for my senior year, I realized, okay, I need to prepare to take nursing classes. That's wow. what I want to do. That's amazing. So that's how I got started.
0: That's amazing. So uh, my next question is a typical day. You can't work from home as an RN.
1: Not really. Not really. No. <laughs> you no. have to unless unless you're on the phone or something. Yeah.
0: Right. So what is what is a typical day for an RN?
1: Wow. So that's the thing about being an RN. It varies so much because there's so many different choices you can make as far as where you want to work. And that will t- basically you know, define what your typical day is. Mm -hmm. So if you're a a hospital or inpatient nurse, that will be very different from, say, a clinic nurse where people just come to you in a clinic or a school nurse, right? Right. Or a home nurse. There's like, there's so many um, settings. But I'll tell you what my typical day was. Um, So I, I worked inpatient in a hospital for 20 years, and then I worked in, I'm sorry, I worked in the hospital, I think only 14 years, and then I worked I've worked 18 years in outpatient clinic.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So hospital work, it's about walking in and um, getting an assignment. So you get your assignment of who your patients are. There's a process of report where they tell you about the patient, what their diagnosis is, why they're here, what they expected, how long will they be here. And then they kind of give you like what the last 24 hours has been like. Wow. So – there's a lot of storytelling in uh, nursing <laughs> uh-huh. because you're telling the story of this patient to someone else. So basically the day would be you get your, re- your report, you get your number of patients and then you go around, meet your patients and start giving care, whether that's uh, medications, um, dressing changes, uh, hygiene, like helping them bathe or getting them over to go to physical therapy or getting them ready for discharge yeah. Or shooting them up with <laughs> tranquilizers and things <laughs> because they've had a really rough night and they've pulled all their IVs out or they're going through alcohol withdrawal. So you're, you know, managing kind of safety and making yeah. sure they're safe until we can get the help to them that they're not able to accept.
0: Wow.
1: So that's inpatient nursing. Um, sometimes it's eight hours, sometimes it's 12 hours. The shifts okay. can vary. And the 12 hour shifts have been very. Uh, very positive for many reasons. Uh, it's it's exhausting work
0: yeah. for
1: 12 hours, but then you get more days off to kind of re- recover recoup. and recoup. So yeah. it's provided a lot of flexibility for hospital nurses. Yeah. Yeah. So is that
0: 12 hours, would that be like... Um, just throwing out numbers 6am mm-hmm. to 6pm and then the next people come in at 6pm Close to
1: that. Yeah, I think our shifts were 7am to 7am to 7pm was usually a 12 hour shift. And I think that reason is sometimes I think there was like a 1pm to 1am or 1am to 1pm just like to uh balance.
0: Yeah, I was wondering the if there was like a if there was an intermediary shift mm-hmm. because Getting the information, you would think somebody has to come in yeah, early, yeah, or somebody yeah. has to stay late in right. order to have
1: that story yeah, time. Yeah, the the over overlapping. Um, yeah, there there were some people who did like a ten hour shift, and maybe they'd start at nine a.m. to six p.m. Maybe that's a manager um, okay. or a supervisor, but um, for the most part, it's always connecting with a with another team member, always reporting documenting everything for them so a nurse has to have good verbal skills as far as you know um, communicating important details but mm-hmm. also listening and retrieving those details and then documenting because basically if you don't document what you've done it quote doesn't happen like it didn't happen oh. you can say you've, you gave them morning meds but if you didn't document Somebody will come in and say, oh, he didn't get his meds. Let's oh, give yeah. them his meds. Yikes. So documentation is a huge part. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't leave your shift until you've documented everything for the day. Right. Um, because, the, again, that could impact whatever is going to happen afterward. For sure. Uh, and now we have you know, ir- insurance companies and things who look at documentation to decide if a hospital or clinic is doing its job, if it's doing the right wow. work. So there's a lot of uh, details. Right. My favorite part of being a nurse, though, is connecting with the patient and walking in, introducing yourself, or maybe you've already worked with them and saying, you know, hey, I'm back. Look at you. You look better. Or how are you doing? I hear you had a rough night. But just having that reason to connect with somebody on a personal level is, it's very, um, it just gives you that human connection and you feel like you've done something worthwhile. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So that's, you know, hospital work. Yeah. And bedside manner i'm yeah, sure yeah bedside manner i worked a night shift for many years so there's a lot of bits there's a lot of bedside manner to work on um, learning how to wake somebody up without upsetting them up, yeah, yeah yeah things like uh, that
0: that's a challenge yeah
1: yeah definitely yeah.
0: Um, what i do if my partner or my friend is snoring uh-huh. like you know you're sleeping in close quarters with someone and they're snoring yeah. i've um, i've been around people who will scream and uh-huh. you know, go like oh, yeah. and that's like terrible for everybody yeah. you know yeah. so what i learned is uh that touching mm-hmm. uh john stamos touching
1: <laughs> john stamos
0: that's that, that very very light um uh-huh. touching just enough to get their their subconscious to go oh. like what's, what's happening
1: that? is that a spider right <laughs> um
0: and that takes them out of that snore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it takes, no, that's good. It lightens good. their sleep a little bit and then everybody's happy as that, opposed to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, throwing a pillow Damn at somebody. It. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? Um they say when somebody's really sleeping deeply or you're not even sure if they're you know they might be sleeping, you're not sure if they're alert. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, you a sternal rub, a sternum is okay. your little notch right below your 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 throat that that bone okay
0: that's a very
1: um sensitive spot on your chest and if you just gently tap on that it usually will wake someone up wow as well um i don't know you know you have to see if that's okay with them but in the hospital that would be if you were yeah if you touch someone's hand and they still haven't responded you touch their arm and not responding just putting your hand kind of on the sternum and and making a circular pressure or tap usually will wake them up
0: interesting
1: if they're awake, if they're if arousable, they're, wake, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're arousable. Wake-able. And then if they're not, then you're like,
0: call, call a code. Right. <laughs> um, all right, good question. What are the codes?
1: Oh my gosh. And like, um, is
0: that is that appropriate for somebody not? You know, code blue is right. I think code the, blue is they're not
1: breathing. They're, okay. Yeah. Not breathing. Yeah. yeah. Code blue is, is usually serious. And you're going to get um, what they call the crash cart. Okay. Crash cart has all the tools you would need to revive somebody if they're mm-hmm. having a respiratory or cardiac event. So you're going to get oxygen. You're going to get the ECG and the paddles. Panels, um, yeah. You're going to get the meds that would reverse a cardiac um, event that, the doctor would usually run, you have to have a special team come in with that cart. So you have to have a physician, you have to have an, someone to administer the drugs. And then um, they always require somebody to be recording everything that happens in the wow, moment because okay. it's happening so fast. Yeah. So if someone calls a code or code blue, it's usually like code blue, um, west wing room, west ring, third floor, room 14. There are staff in the hospital that are, basically required to show up like oh. an ICU nurse a doctor on call um, they use they know who they are at the beginning of their shift that okay, they're the person yeah that they are the ones being on call so you call code blue people are there within 30 seconds um, and then you start and
0: they're not administering the, they could be with somebody
1: else they could, they be, could like be with somebody and say oh i hear a code blue and i'm going to have, have to I'm going to have yeah <laughs> see ya.
0: yeah yeah wow
1: yeah so there's code blue that's probably the most urgent. Uh, code red, mm-hmm. my favorite color. Yeah. Code red, fire. It's a fire. Oh. So, so code red, yeah. Code red, six six south. Um, that would mean begin to prepare for evacuation or prepare to um, to move your patients. Or all the doors will be shut. Move right. toward the stairwells. Uh-huh. Um, usually, I think it's the floor. Uh, I'm glad my supervisor's not listening. I think it's uh, <laughs> the floor above has to evacuate. Two floors below have to evacuate or at least get to the stairwell, yeah. which can be really
0: challenging, challenging
1: in yeah. a hospital setting.
0: setting for sure. So. For sure. That's why yeah. they make movies about yeah. it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time.
1: Code Red. Uh, code Silver. Code um,
0: that's when the hot nurse is on the floor, <laughs> and, and they're the, the gray doctor. There
1: you go. Yeah. No, Code Silver is getting security or police. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so Code Silver means uh, possible violent situation. We need security guard, uh, King County, or
0: whatever. Yeah, county. jail, whatever yeah. jail.
1: Whatever prison uh, or jail service is available, someone's going to be, a sheriff is going to be called. Yeah. Code Silver, um, Yeah. What is it, Amber, code Amber would be like a child
0: has so been... Amber uh, Alert, yeah, is, Amber that, o- is that where we got the Amber I Alert, or did know. we, or was the Amber Alert first?
1: I don't know. Because I thought know. that was,
0: I always thought that was somebody's name, like maybe, oh, the ha- oh, yeah. and I know there have been podcasts that have, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they, I know My Favorite Murder has talked about the, mm-hmm. the reason mm-hmm. how we got the Amber mm-hmm. Alert in mm-hmm. the first place, um, but I can't remember what what was that discussed. makes sense there
1: must have been somebody that name. that that was the name of a child that uh initiated the need for mm-hmm. that yeah because yeah, like megan's sure. law is because
0: yeah of yeah yeah
1: yeah it's so. interesting um
0: but amber just happens to amber, be in color, yeah so code, right zebra. Okay, code zebra okay
1: code zebra okay code zebra is do you want to guess
0: uh and there's an animal on, the, <laughs> on a floor.
1: Things are getting wild. Yeah. Come to the party. Right. Um, code zebra is uh, usually somebody who's confused or um, an elderly person who might have a dementia. De- or- yeah, dementia. Oh. And so they may not know where they are. So there might be somebody in a gown wandering in your section of the building oh or goodness. wandering on the sidewalk. So if you see somebody, um, they're... You know, we are looking ask for them, them. Ask them where they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Code zebra. Um, <laughs> okay. So they would say code zebra, four west, um, and then maybe even the extension for the phone number. So you could call and say, "Hey, I see somebody. What? What's the description?" Okay. Yeah. Code zebra. Ah, uh, what else?
0: Yeah, we got we got blue. We got red. red. Uh, silver, amber, zebra. Code
1: five. Oh, that's a number now. That's a number. Code okay. five is uh, someone's out of control, usually somebody who's violent or mentally uh, diminished or, or, or stimulated and doesn't is not aware of what they're doing, and they could hurt somebody or themselves, so they'll call it oh. code five. And that means five strong people need to show up and oh. help and help. Um, so it's detained. not
0: necessarily calling uh, police. Nope, or it's probably
1: it's like the, the biggest, and- strongest person, <laughs> and um, a couple security guards will usually come in yeah. for a code five. And you're probably going to restrain somebody, so you yeah. need you need people there and you need witnesses. And, Wild, yeah. yeah, That doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it yeah. happens enough. People to are people. Code. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Wow, thank you so much. That that is. I just my brain is so yeah. knowledgeable now, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, uh, all right, let's get back to it. When you were a kid, mm-hmm. when little Leona was just growing up, what did little Leona want to be when she grew up? Oh,
1: that's funny. I wanted to be uh, I wanted to be a famous actress. All right. <laughs> I also was interested in flight attendant. I wanted oh, to travel because I, I figured got to travel. So right, yeah.
0: you, you definitely have that travel yeah. bug in you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, attendant, great. Yeah. And
1: um, nursing didn't really hit me until, like I said, till high school, and I realized
0: right.
1: it's such a opportunity to travel and be with different people and different things, different types of jobs.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you wanted to be an actress. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> We're going to, were you in anything when you were a
1: kid? Just like little school, you know, hey, we're doing a spring program. There was auditions for a speaking part or there's auditions for a solo. Um, I didn't pursue any of it until after high school. Okay. So I'm a late bloomer. Yeah, no,
0: that's <laughs> all right. That's all right. So what was your first job? And it could be something from childhood. Oh, in acting? No, anything. Oh, my first job. Your first job. Burger was the- King. Burger King. Yeah, I was McDonald's.
1: Sorry, rival. <laughs> well, Burger King, you know, have it your way. That was Great. our that was our saying. You can have it your way. So people yeah. would come and order what they wanted, the way they wanted it, and we had to do it.
0: Right. <laughs> so, what is the wildest thing that you had ordered that, if you can remember?
1: If I can remember. Um, I would say probably the wildest was extra extra onions, like extra onions, all the vegetables. They just wanted a salad basically. So extra <laughs> onions, extra tomato, extra lettuce. And okay. you know, they're like, I wanna see that lettuce. I want there's yeah. gonna be some stacks. Yeah. So you know, you don't know if they're just like filling in the refrigerator, but um yeah, so I'd say that was the weirdest. You know, that's not that weird compared to what you could probably get nowadays. Yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: um, okay, cool. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, did they ever ask for the big fish added to the
1: oh, burger? Or no. No. No, but I'm See? sure we would have done it. We would have just charged them for right. it. Yeah,
0: because yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. My way I want like all of the patties. <laughs>
1: Well, I did learn a couple things, though, about making burgers by working there, like, just because of, like, listening to how people would say, put the ketchup on both sides of the bun or put the right. put the pickles first and then the ketchup so it sticks on. Um, yeah, so you learn a lot just as far as, like, there is sort of a layering
0: yeah. method. Yeah, there's that, an order to Yeah, but,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, sure. I always was intimidated working the drive-through because you never know who's going to come around the corner. And, you know, you, you kind of get an idea of how they sound, and then they show up. And you're like, oh, that's totally yeah. different. So that's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. It's it's kind of a fun surprise, yeah. spontaneity.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. I um, I always cheated on McDonald's by going to Burger King because I like the big fish. Oh, that's so funny. That's the only thing that I liked at Burger King. Otherwise, yeah. I didn't like the frame, flame broiled. Yeah, flame broiled, roiled, yeah. It's just I don't like that char, that uh-huh. smoky taste. Uh-huh. Um, so. Oh, but, that's But funny. the big fish, I yeah. will always. Over the fish,
1: fish, over the McFish. Oh, yes. Over <laughs> the fish filet. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, those <laughs> things are so small. Uh, yeah, little like squares
1: the, of fish. That's how they not grow. not
0: sponsored by either of <laughs> them. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like McDonald's, uh, uh gets their fish sooner mm. than, and Burger King lets their fish grow a little bit more. <laughs> you know, they that's get the great. older ones. Yeah, yeah. That are flakier. Yeah. And, you know, little bigger. little flakier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also worked at McDonald's and and it was it was a wonderful experience for uh-huh. me. I I learned so much about interacting with other humans yeah. that way, about uh, about what I liked, about what I like to do, and mm-hmm. how I like to do things. Um, like I love counting the till. Uh-huh. That was so great for uh-huh. me. I love that organizational stuff. Yeah. Keeping the back stock room organized yeah. and
1: everything has to be stuff. written down. When you did it, what time? How many were there? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then also getting that creativity of being able to make whatever Mm -hmm, you want mm -hmm. for lunch. Yeah. A lot of times uh, they stopped letting us, you know, make a fun thing or Uh whatever. So we had to order whatever
1: was on the menu, a
0: a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember your, your main meal that you would always have? Um,
1: Yeah, I would get a, so they had a, like a chicken, like a grilled chicken sandwich. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend convinced me that it was great with onion rings and ketchup on it oh yeah (laughs) so you get those crunchy onion rings i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's probably like 800 900 calories right Um, exactly yeah so yeah the grilled chicken with uh, crunchy onion rings extra ketchup that was definitely my onion rings that's
0: so good we didn't have those in mcdonald's still don't what don't yeah Yeah.
1: mcdonald's doesn't have onion rings if i go to a a good diner or a cafe and i see i see those nice thick onion rings i always order them yeah it's hard to make them.
0: They are. It's not,
1: are. it doesn't taste the same at home.
0: No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, for me, my meal was always a Big Mac meal. Uh-huh. So Big Mac, large fries, and I would get a shake instead of the drink, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then I'd get an apple pie, and uh-huh. I'd scarf all that down within 30 minutes. 30 minutes,
1: because you had to be back, yeah. Yep,
0: and then get back to work. Um,
1: yeah. There's another thing about working fast food that I think I, I retained, and that was the team. Like you're yeah, on a team, team yeah. you're on a team, you're communicating, you've got someone taking the order, you're, you're, uh, you are only as good as your weakest link. For Meaning sure. if you've got yeah. somebody out there on the grill, who's not paying attention, then it's going to show up when yeah. you give the, when you give the sandwich and <laughs> yeah. then they're going to get mad at you. So, um, yeah, just learning how that works, how to communicate and how to make people feel good about working with you. Cause yeah. when you work with somebody who doesn't make you feel good, you don't do your best work.
0: Right. So, right.
1: That was a really good lesson that I learned from that.
0: That's great. All right. So your first job was Burger King, mm-hmm. and you were in high school. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you went to, in high school, that's when you decided that you... Uh, I did the summers
1: did abroad. The summers yeah. abroad, yeah. and then
0: you wanted to become an RN. Yeah. So did you go to college for that? I did.
1: Or? So I, I actually applied at two... I applied at two or three colleges, and this was in the 80s. And nursing was – it was hard. It was competitive to get in.
0: Really?
1: Which since then we've had a nursing shortage. shortage. So it's almost like, please, please become a nurse. Yeah. Um, It was hard to get in. So I got – and I had a decent GPA. I think it was 3.5, 3.6. So decent. I was like honors but not high honors. But I got denied the, the university that I wanted to go to. And I got into a private university, but it was so expensive. <clears throat> My parents said, if you choose community college, we'll pay for your first two years. Ooh. And if you do well, we might continue to pay. Okay. So I started at a community college. Um, I could say Highline Community College. It's in Des Moines, right up the road there. Oh. Yeah. So I started there. And um, I first was just going to get an AA degree and transfer.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but as I was there, I found out that they had a nursing program and that it was a very good nursing program. It's well respected. And this is the thing about becoming a registered nurse. You do not in the state of Washington, at least you do not have to have a bachelor's degree from a four year school to take the test to be a registered nurse. Right. It's kind of like going to law school. You got to pass the bar. Right. Right.
0: Right. You
1: can probably, I don't know how it is with law, but I would think you'd go wherever you want, but the, the key is you gotta pass that bar. Right. So, with nursing, you can get an associate degree or a bachelor's degree. The key is you've gotta pass the state test to become a registered nurse. Now, if you get a degree in an associate degree from a community college, uh-huh. there might be certain places that would rather prefer a bachelor's degree prepared nurse, but okay. you can still get work. You can, yeah. get, you can get plenty of work That's as an associate great. degree. So, I ended up getting my AA. And sidetrack, I met my future husband. Decided not to transfer away and go somewhere else, and I stayed and did my associate degree in nursing at the same school. Oh wow! So I actually spent four years at a community college, got two different degrees.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So, so, what were your two degrees?
1: Well, the first one was just a, a associate of arts. Just an, yeah, so I could have transferred anywhere.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I did. I did some music. I loved singing. I was in a choir. I never took an acting class. I was totally intimidated. That again, that so that came later. That came later. <laughs> so silly. I was so scared. Um, and then uh, got that A.A. degree. Thought about transferring, but then we were getting serious, trying to save money, and they said I could easily apply for the associate degree where I was at the community college, and they had a very good program. So I ended up just starting there for cool. my nursing.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Uh, and then, what what did you do as soon as you got out of college? Like, because um, I know from interviewing a pathologist, uh-huh. uh, she. Had to do some, like...
1: uh, Work in a lab or...
0: She had to, like... Practicum or... uh, I forget what it was called, but it was, like, you got to work at this... uh, You got, like, almost like an intern. Yeah. You know, you have to do your residency. Yeah, residency. You have to do a residency. Yeah. Do you have to do that with an RN as well? Um, So, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly
1: sure right now because I'm not in the education portion of the state. But what happens is in your program, in your nursing school... You will get experience, so it's part of the school. Oh, okay. um, so I know a lot of a lot of people do take jobs like as a medical assistant or a, like you say, a candy striper, a volunteer <laughs> yeah. um, or helping out around a medical facility just to get those hours. But I think that just simply looks good on your resume for getting it um, accepted in a school or a job, but it's not required Um, because the nursing program itself, it's all built in. You'll take a class. Let's say the first class is medical surgical care. You'll Hmm. take lectures in class. And then like about three to four weeks in, they're going to start taking you out to the hospital. And so the, the, the teacher comes in with you. You're all in your uniforms They have arranged with this unit that they're they're going to have nursing students. They've arranged with the staff that the the nursing students will be there. So you basically get paired with a staff member, a nurse, and you kind of follow them. And then at some point, they trust you to take care (laughs) of their patient. And then you report back to them. So you do that through every quarter um, during your major, your your third and fourth year or your... What do you say? When you're focused in your major, that's yeah. all built in. So you have that experience going in, taking care of patients. Those nurses will give reports also to your teacher of how you're doing. And so as long as you do well in nursing school, you can apply for a job in nursing without having, you know, volunteer time or cool. internships. Um, again, it always looks good. Yeah. And if you're yeah. interested, might as well try it, see if you like working with people. But I did that um, – without having a medical job on the side. Um, I did some help, home health, babe, like I babysat for somebody who had a, a child who had special needs. Mm-hmm. I helped a family whose mother was at home on hospice and just, you know, just did like home yeah. care things on the side.
0: I'm an amateur
1: RN. <laughs> <laughs> amateur, yes. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a
0: very amateur In-home, RN. In home, amateur RN, yeah.
1: helping with family. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn so much when it's someone you love and you mm-hmm. you could probably apply for a home care job just, you know, with a medical assistant certificate yeah, I, and I do did, that.
0: I did once. Um, uh-huh. So when the pandemic hit yeah. and I'm touring all over the country performing at Renaissance festivals and all of a sudden the world shuts down and I, I had to come back here to Washington and figure out – what how to make money yeah. cuz I, I, I that was right after my mean, my lean time yeah so the the leanest part of my year mm-hmm. um the very first thing i did was because i knew i had taken care of my friend christy who mm-hmm. passed away from brain cancer um i took care of her through the last couple years of her life i was able to like interview for this this place yeah um but I, I ended up turning down the job because I didn't like their mission statement mm. and I, didn't, I, d- I just didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. in the spot. Mm-hmm. I, I was curious why they had so much turnover. Yeah, It seemed pretty almost shady to yeah. me, like whatever it yeah. was that they were doing, it seemed like they were trying to put on a face of mm. something that they weren't.
1: But maybe they weren't supporting their staff. As well as they yeah. were saying, and so people right. were leaving. Yeah,
0: exactly. They, there was for me, there was something going on that was red flag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I ended up leaving them in the middle of the orientation. I was mm. like, you don't even have to pay me anything. Like I don't okay. want. I don't <laughs> want even a dollar from you. And I think they ended up sending me like the whatever the hour, like seven bucks oh. or whatever. I'm like, great. Now I have to cash this stupid check. Um, <laughs> But I have thought about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just travel so much, yeah. so it's tough to, you know, it's tough to do that yeah. <laughs> when you're when yeah. you're traveling so much.
1: Right. It's tough to do that. And yet, if you did get some sort of basic medical assistant training mm-hmm. th- for the state of Washington, it probably wouldn't I, I would imagine it wouldn't take much to, to take a test. If you're going to be, let's say you're going to be a state for two months, mm-hmm. that might be worth. Yeah, because that's usually what I do is I'm in Texas for two months
0: and I'm in Kansas for two months. But, of course,
1: you're performing, too, so it's not like you're going to go out and get more hours. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of jobs in the medical field that allow travel, you know, Mm -hmm. just a matter of. Finding Doctors out.
0: Without Borders, That's right. Example. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, traveler nurses, traveling nurses. With some of my best friends, I met a gal that was up from Florida. She came up to Washington. Oh. I think she had a boyfriend in Seattle, and so they wanted to see like, how was it going to work, stop being long distance. So she came up yeah. to Seattle. She took a job in the hospital. We worked a night shift together, and she's still one of my best friends. And oh, cool. She ended up staying for two years. They broke up, but she stayed. And she, she loves <laughs> Seattle. And uh, yeah, so there is a lot of uh, travel and and global possibilities with any kind of medical training.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What was an odd job that you've had in your life?
1: I have had an odd job. So when my husband and I started dating, his name is David, um, he said, let's have a summer together. Because we were both in the middle of college programs. And he said, let's. Find job that we can do together. And he is very techy and very electronics and, you know, not what I'm I'm definitely more hands-on person talking. So he found a job working for a lady, I think she still has a business that's now being run by a family member. She sold Mount St. Helens ash figurines
0: wow. um
1: at the Pike Place Market. Huh. She was an artisan. She made she made the molds and she had a mixture of ash and I don't know if it's ceramic or plaster or what, you know, whatever the other
0: material material
1: was, I should know. I I worked for her, but she always (laughs) made a sign, a waiver saying we wouldn't, we wouldn't watch and learn like her secret recipe. (laughs) Um, But she had these huge, huge garbage cans full of ash. Like they had collected Mount St. Helen's ash back when it had blown up. And then they had somebody who went on search and, search and discovery trips every now and then to go get more and had yeah. to find it. Um but yeah, so we were her uh artists and she would create these these molds, these figurines, anything like from a grizzly bear to a little sea otter. It's always sort of Alaska Northwest animals.
0: Right. And they were C-matic. They were gray. Yeah.
1: Okay. And to um smash. yeah, and then we would help like finish them, um antique it so you could see all of her the carvings. So, as the artisan, she made the the mold, yeah. and then it was mass produced wow. into um, these little objects. So we would stand at a table, wearing aprons, with this solution to uh, bring out all of the details, antiquing or however you want to say it, detailing yeah. all of the 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 creative cuts and nicks and the image of the figurine. Yeah. But we'd stand at this table all day, listening to music, chatting <laughs> and and working on these pieces and we definitely discovered we were compatible but it was also really fun to work in an artistic uh, environment and then watch a business person run her own business yeah she had teams who would run up to Peggy's market and sell and then teams would work on the supply end and, and make sure we were making more and then she come back she goes oh i'm all out of grizzly bears i need more grizzly bears so let, let's make some grizzly bears, <laughs> all yeah. right,
0: grizzly yeah. bears. Yeah. let's get the grizzly yeah. bears yeah that's funny um that's that is definitely an odd job that's it was pretty odd. cool yeah, yeah. any yeah. others in your life
1: i would say that was the most odd because after that it's it was either serving like restaurant serving or um Uh, nurse, like medical care. Mm -hmm. I did work for Bullwinkles. I don't know if you remember what Bullwinkles Bullwinkles.
0: was. Yeah, a a restaurant. It was a
1: restaurant. It was a restaurant themed on the cartoon Bullwinkles and Rocky. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And there was like Natasha and the spy. Boris. Boris, you remember. Yeah. And it was a um, sort of like, I guess it would be like a, they wanted to market it as something a little more quality than like Chuck E. Cheese, but we did have pizza. Sundays and ice cream, chicken, and, uh, and then party. It was always like where to bring your kids for a party. Yeah. That was fun. I was there as like, as it opened. So it was fun to be part of a business that had just been built and that is opened. And they're like, this is our marketing. This is our, this is our mission. Uh, this is our look. This like, we're setting this all up as a new thing. And, um, I think they were in business for a good seven or eight years. uh, Yeah.
0: I don't see them around I don't, anymore. I don't so. know that
1: they're around anymore. Theme. I think theme restaurants really have a hard time yeah. staying because you've got your theme to manage, but you've also got the quality of the food right. and the experience. Right. That There's a lot. There's more than just good service and food when yep. you've got that theme.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, My favorite theme restaurant ever is called Ed DeBevick's.
1: Ed DeBevick's.
0: Ed DeBevick's, and it was in Los Angeles. Uh, There was one location, and it's not around anymore. I actually went to their closing party for all of the employees. (laughs) Um, Well, a friend of mine worked worked there as well. And Ed DeBevick's was a typical 50s diner, so that's cool, which is, like, fun. You know, milkshakes and burgers and whatnot. But every single... Um, server was a jerk. Oh, like okay. That that was their that was their cachet yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or that was their strong point. You would not go there if you're expecting a quiet dinner where the uh, waiter will not interact with you. That is not the place oh, to go. My gosh. So they were all themed as 50s style humans. So like yeah. the, the typical waitress with the big bouffant and yeah. her chewing gum loudly, yeah. very yeah. strongly, or the the guy with the grease back hair yeah. like but they were all jerks yeah that was that that's was awesome. what they had to do and then they would have to do a dance you oh, know it wow. was one of those you know, when would that, they
1: get up on the tables and bars to dance? Um,
0: they would all go to the the way the whole dining room was set up was so that the the kitchen is on um, so from your view uh, you're sitting in the restaurant and then there was like a bar and then the and then the kitchen was here uh-huh. so everyone could see okay. towards okay almost the kitchen. like a theater's
1: direction yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so the bar. There would be people getting up on the bar. But it's basically where they would put your food, you know, Uh ding. Yeah, that's Um, so fun. But they would get up on that and dance in front of it. (laughs) But, of course, because they are jerks, they also don't want to do the dance. You know, that's part of the character, too. So they would would do – they would, like, phone it in, like, you know, doing really sad movements. You know, it's not like the – Typical Hollywood, yeah, you know, yeah. peppy thing. It was very. Oh, like, my face is hurting because I'm ugh.
1: smiling. This is so <laughs> so much fun.
0: It's so. It was so great. It was so great, <laughs> and the food was amazing. Wow. Like, the burgers were just huge and delicious, and the milkshakes were great. Um. Anyway, I'm yeah, really. It sounds like they had a great really model. Just
1: hard to maintain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It
0: oh. was in the Beverly Wilshire area. Oh yeah. Too, oh, that's so. so fun. Yeah.
1: My daughter's favorite theme restaurant is the Rainforest Cafe, which they've cut back. There's a few left. I think there's one in L.A. and one in Las Vegas and Disneyland, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you go in and there's animals. They come alive and there's jungle. Yeah, it's so fun.
0: Yeah. I like the sound of the Rainforest Cafe, Mm -hmm. too. That Mm -hmm. Always a storm living on the horizon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, themed restaurants are awesome. I wish there were more of them. Yeah. I get why yeah. there aren't. You know, um, but
1: and now so I think it's so hard for businesses just to stay, uh, just to stay busy with the, the and keep the staff. You yeah. know, because things yeah. have changed so much over the last few years with uh, COVID. Yeah. Um, having a theme would be like what? <laughs> like let's let's have an epidemic theme. Like, come right. on in. We <laughs> had right, all the exactly. masks and gloves. Come on in. You know, make yeah. your own burger. Don't touch anybody. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: Don't touch anything else. Yeah. Um, all right. So, have you had any side hustles?
1: Well. Um,
0: during
1: your RN? So as an RN, I would say the only reason I've been able to work as long as I have is because yes, I have a side hustle, a passion on the side. And that's been uh, theater and drama.
0: So you you finally appeased the actress from young Leona. Yes,
1: yes. So if anyone's listening who's thought, I wish I could, oh, it's too late. I should have taken an acting class. It's never too late. It's it's if it's there, if it's that passion, you have to give it a shot. You have to try it. Yeah. And I think one time I was, my husband and I went to a movie, and I was walking out. and I said, "Oh, I, I would love to do that. I wish I had pursued acting." He's like, you, "Why don't you? Like, <laughs> stop talking about it. Do <laughs> yeah. it." That's
0: and a good husband. Right it there. is a great
1: husband. Yeah. So I started taking some acting classes, and um, quickly learned I had I got to be in like a play and a musical. But I quickly learned when you have a job and you're going to rehearsal five nights a week yeah. and then you have five or six weeks of show, yeah. that it's such a schedule um, stress on your life
0: yeah.
1: um, that I I've thought, well, I really liked that improv class that I took where we just get to get up and do scenes. And so I started pursuing improv. And <clears throat> I've been doing improv with a, a local company in Seattle. Uh, which we perform Seattle Theater Sports. Okay. And they have shows every weekend, all year round, uh, right in Pike Place Market.
0: Do you want to say the name of the company? Yeah, it's Do une- it. Unexpected
1: them. unexpected Productions. Um, so Improv is something that's unexpected, and they're unexpected productions in the Pike Place Market in Seattle. And they were wonderful to allow me to um, – I worked as sort of like a new, like a new rookie or an intern for about a year where I was taking some classes and I could do some things, but not everything until I had passed a certain level of expertise. And then Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing that on the side ever since 19, uh, let's see, 1997.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: So in. Wow. Yeah. So 25 years.
0: Yeah. I, so. I don't know. That's math. I, think, I, I don't know. Do that I fast. think it's 25. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I met you at Unexpected Productions. That's mm-hmm. where we know each other yeah. from. And my ex-husband uh, was on the cast there. Yeah. And I I was snooty. I was a snooty <laughs> actress. And I, rec- I fully recognize that because for the longest time, I was like, why? Wh- what's so what's important about improv like you don't even have a writer like yeah. yeah yeah i mean i get it those are fun games to play in class right. but right. like how can you have a show like yeah. but then um I, he was part of comedy sports in uh-huh. los angeles or yeah, yeah in los angeles sports, before yeah. before i ever knew him and so for him he was like oh i'm just you know getting back into improv and i was like Ugh. I roll, like, I'll, I'll go with some Neil Simon instead, you know, uh-huh. which is comedic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but um, it was a, for me, it was writing. It was, like, taking somebody's work and making it your own and, and yeah. the costumes and the lights and all that stuff. And then um, I said, you know what? I want to be with you more. I want to share more time with you. I liked my ex husband and I wanted to be with him more. So I started taking classes at Unexpected. And they do have, or at least at the time they did, I hope they still do a student program where you can
1: actually perform. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: you can work. Uh, I worked in the oh, bar. Oh,
1: right. And um, earned credit store classes. credit store classes, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's what I did is I did bartending work, and I, don't, I never worked the box office mm-hmm. or, like, made the popcorn or anything, mm-hmm. but I cleaned up the theater sometimes, yeah. and I'd ran lights. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I remember my first time ever running mm-hmm. lights, it was during the 54-hour Improvathon. Oh, my gosh. So 54 hours – of straight improv, sleeping when you can, oh if gosh. you can. Wow. Um, and uh, my friend, our friend Dan Poslins uh-huh. was in it. He did the whole 54 oh, yeah, hours. Yeah. And Jana, I can't remember Jana's last name right Jana now. Jana Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I really would love to interview her. Yes, you should. She has a great, she has a whole, great job. Yeah. Um, so... I just am not in contact with her yeah. anymore, so... I'll make sure you get her. Thank yeah. you. Um, but I just remember... And Tony Beeman. Yeah. And I remember they had... They were so tired, the three of them. And I was in the light booth. And it was like, I don't know, four in the morning, three in the morning, something. It was ridiculous. Everybody in the theater was asleep. And they... they <laughs> Jana had really long hair at the time. Yeah. And she sat um, crisscross applesauce at the edge of the stage. Tony stood... And got, grabbed one ponytail, and Dan grabbed the other ponytail, and they had an amazing scene <laughs> with her hair. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh!
0: And I took some pictures wow. during that. So for the Patreon, I'll probably bring up some of those pictures oh. and, and post them. But um, it was such a magical experience. You know, we're all just loopy from yeah. this really long yeah. time, That's so ridiculous, funny. and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, I love that
1: you remember so much detail about it because I think. That's the cool thing when you see improv. As an audience member, you're in the moment. You're discovering as the actors are discovering. Yeah. So when you see them discover something that you didn't expect, it can be like, oh, that's so magical. Yeah. Or when when they discover something you're hoping that they'll discover. You're like, you're you're (laughs) you're you're as smart as me. Yeah, Because that's what I would have done. (laughs) Right, Um, right. So being in the audience can be a thrill. Um, it can be also frustrating if you see somebody not taking a risk or not doing what you were right, kind of hoping they would right. do. But, yeah, so or I think... Or taking too much of a taking risk. Taking too much.
0: And, and wondering why that's not why? getting addressed. Why, why, why? Yeah. yeah. Why are they
1: continue to do that? Yeah. So um, I found with improv, I loved kind of going back to that team thing that in the, mm-hmm. in the fast food, yeah. I loved that you are working in a team and you're listening and you're kind of following each other, like, like a, like guides in the snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. here's a path. Okay. Let's go on that path together. And then you're like, wait, we just got, you know, we're a, we're at the edge of a river. Don't go into the river. <laughs> right. So then you turn around and what are we going to find here? Or you go into the river and then just and discover then what chaos. Yeah. What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, So what I found about improv uh, and why it was such a great release from nursing is because when you're you're in an improv scene, you have no choice but to be present and be in the moment, paying attention. And so I would find that I could have a horrifically stressful day and know that I have to go back tomorrow. But if I had a little improv show that night, for 90 minutes, my brain had no... Other thought than just what we're doing in the moment, yeah. And it just became like a little therapy, or like a getaway, like a a distraction, or a, just a kind of a balancing tool to yeah. help deal with the other job that was sometimes very stressful.
0: That's a great point because a lot of people that I've interviewed so far, they have a creative outlet mm-hmm. somehow. Um, some one of them didn't. One of them was like they. Uh, I think the shelter director didn't really have a, wasn't an actor, wasn't a performer. It was actually one of my first people who didn't have some sort of a creative outlet. Yeah. But but I think that's because she was, like, around animals all day. <laughs> so her yeah, creative it's her therapeutic, outlet is, yeah. is very, you know, yeah. playing with an animal. Yeah. So, um, it is very important if you're doing something stressful mm-hmm. to have some sort of a release. And, um, and acting improv is a mm-hmm. great way to do that.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, really I cool. vouch for it. It's a wonderful tool for uh, communication. It's a tool for mm-hmm. listening to your own ideas, you know, like, oh, I have an idea. And in improv, you're encouraged to share that. So right. so being able to trust your impulses and trust your ideas and trust your instincts is a good life, sc- life skill, you yeah, know, for, for having sure. some adventures in life. And um, I would say by far the improv training helped me through COVID just as much as all of the immunology reports and the you know, the transmission reports and how to care for somebody. Yeah. The improv was gave me that ability to take the daily stress, the news every day of okay, now We have to test for this. Or now if someone has this symptom, you have to put them in a room by themselves and isolate them. And then you have to go and get tested or, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that daily and weekly change that came. um, I feel like I was able to deal with it almost like I would with an improv scene and just say, okay, here's my offer. Somebody just gave me an offer. I don't really understand. (laughs) I don't like it. But I'm going to work with it because I'm trained to say yes to whatever life throws at Me right, and um, I think that was one of the best ways improv had helped buffer and and help me be resilient through the through the pandemic and through the current whatever we're going through now for sure the current waves of epidemic or whatever right
0: right we're in a very strange time now we were in a very strange time but now it's shifted yeah and um yeah it's it's definitely uh, I, I heard on a Again, I'm going to mention my favorite murder because I listen to that podcast. Uh-huh. But uh, they were talking about um, just coming out of the pandemic, yeah. and that's the that's where we're at right now as we're coming out of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we're also still in it, mm-hmm. but we're not. And mm-hmm. it's a it's just a weird time. It's it definitely is strange.
1: I was reading about um, well, we were studying the, the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. you know, during this time and what happened and how it came back in waves and. And then, shortly after if i'm if I have my numbers right in my head, um, the roaring twenties came, yeah, so it was that that whiplash of we just wanna have fun now. Yeah. we want to connect. and I've definitely seen when I go to our improv shows, the mm-hmm. audience are very engaged, yeah, they are. Audience, the audience is very engaged. <laughs> they are paying attention. They're laughing. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're boisterous and loud and having so much fun. We have to actually say, hey, we can hear you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're having <laughs> right. a good time. Thank you. But we can hear you from the stage. Um, right, right. But I've just noticed a higher level of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, they people, want to escape. People are out, and they're yeah. so happy to be out and and yeah. having some fun. Yep.
0: Yeah. I have noticed a we, we all in the renaissance world have mm-hmm. noticed a very large influx of oh, people so cool. through the gates. The, the gate numbers are astronomical, they're, wow. they're just busting, and it's because people want to get out and yeah. they need entertainment, and yeah. this is how to do it. You yeah. know? The cool thing about having a theme park mm-hmm. um, that's seasonal, mm-hmm. that it's like one ticket, you get in you don't have to buy anything else if you t- can't afford it yeah. you know uh, all the shows or most of the shows are gonna be for no extra cost yeah. so
1: it's all part of it you
0: can yeah so that one ticket gets you free entry into most of the shows that are there mm-hmm. you can watch a sword swallower you can watch somebody you know being yeah. a king or queen yeah. you can um, uh, watch a tightrope walker uh, acrobatics whatever silk person a joust all of that comes with that ticket price right. which is really cool yeah. so so we've noticed that and it's also outdoor yeah which means right. that you know you can walk around and feel more comfortable yeah. than if you were in a closed space yeah
1: no that's great yeah that's exciting for
0: unexpected productions did you do anything online oh yeah yeah
1: we had a lot of things online we definitely have increased our tech <clears throat> in our production space already mm-hmm. um, since, since COVID. But, yeah, we had shows over uh, – some of them were over Zoom in the beginning. And then we moved to the platform of – oh, gosh, it's usually used for gaming. and a, Discord? Nope. I think oh. it starts with an S. It's in my apps. I'm looking. I'm cheating while I'm looking. and It's
0: okay. You're allowed to.
1: Um, Skype? Nope. Okay. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gaming. oh here it is, Twitch.
0: Oh Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So we had an account with Twitch, and it was really fun because people could comment while they're watching. Um, yeah. So it had that little bit of element of uh, like a live audience. Yeah, performance yeah. Of audience. Yeah. And then when we went back in the theater for a while, we <clears throat> excuse me, we we're still doing Twitch um, for some shows. I don't think we're doing them now. Oh. I could check on that. but um,
0: That would be such a wonderful thing yeah. if they kept doing I th- it. You know?
1: I know for some shows I think they are still doing it because I know there are shows that we do that we can say, hey, can I see that recording? So maybe maybe it is maybe. still being out there. But but what we've added is a video camera and a green screen up on the stage. So, um, yes, our, our shows can be recorded now. And then also we can, let's say our, we're doing a scene and it's an arctic blast and there's a snowstorm our uh, tech team can put a snow scene up oh, on the wall fun. just to add that element for the audience to feel. Oh,
0: yeah, there's yeah. the snow. That's really fun. Yeah, Because
1: usually with improv, you don't have a lot of props or costumes or set. Right. So it's all imaginary yeah. and kind of what you're telling the audience is in the room. Mm-hmm. But having that green screen does add a, a nice element of environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and there's also the whose line is it anyway mm-hmm. scene – Uh, Yes, where they go. Yeah, yeah, where they go in front of the screen. So the person, you know, the the people interviewing or checking in on the person in front of the green screen they can see what's on the green screen but the person
1: reporting, reporting
0: yeah. does not know what's yeah. on it yeah, which that's is fun. really fun that's yeah what, do you get to play that game too we
1: haven't actually played that, oh my that I gosh. Know so now you uh, yeah i'm gonna <laughs>
0: i'm gonna go right back and say i want to play that game i love that game yeah it's so fun that's a
1: uh what's a, that's like an endowment game or so a guessing yeah, game where yeah, somebody creates something for you and you're playing, but you don't know what it is until right. or you're trying to and discover who you are. And that more
0: of the tech, too, yeah. because it's fun. It's it fun is to fun. involve them. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Whose Line Is It Anyway, what I remember from Unexpected Productions is uh, Ryan Stiles would come down yeah. from Canada and yeah. join us uh, very, very rarely, but yeah. it was always a fun time when he would come in.
1: Yeah, and he owns the theater in Bellingham front up front theater up front theater yeah in Bellingham so um I know the I know some of the management there and sometimes he'll come in and actually perform or they'll have a fundraiser and he'll come in and be part of it
0: that's cool but yeah it's
1: great that he's giving back to the community I think once you've become hooked on improv you just want to see other people get hooked or try it at (laughs) least you know for sure for sure
0: Yeah, I'm glad I'm hooked on improv, <laughs> definitely.
1: There's another great organization called Applied Improvisation, Applied okay. Improvisation Network. Okay. The acronym is AIN, and that's an international company, or no, an international network of improvisers who come come together for conventions and talk about how they take improv into other sectors of the community. So not just on stage, but you might take improv to say Microsoft because they are creating a new product. and you need people to learn how to work together. So you'll come in and and teach some games and exercises to help them improve their teamwork or, or marketing department or sales. Just there's so much uh, you can create by playing these games and, kind of take the fear away from whatever that is that they need to do because you're just playing games yeah so you'd be like let's play games and pitch let's play let's play a game about pitching a new idea on how to solve this problem and you could find in that creative play an actual solution to whatever the problem is
0: yeah that's really cool
1: yeah so there's a whole network of people to do that and then they come together once or twice a year and share their ideas or share their games or say, this is what we've been doing. Like there's a guy who worked with the, um, Oh, it's the Red Cross, the international Red Cross. So he, you know, said these people go on out into the field, helping with disasters or, um, you know, epidemics or, you know, hurricanes or fires and they're giving care. But a lot of times they need something to bring them together or to sort of help balance out that stress and, and frustration and working in something so overwhelming. So he brought um, some improv teams and games to the Red Cross team. So maybe in the morning they might play a game together just to kind of like, let's shake off what happened yesterday, start with a fresh start. And then also learning that um, you you matter and your ideas matter and how you're doing matters. So, yeah, yeah, it was really cool hearing him. Oh, and then he would also had a group that was like teaching children who had been displaced you know, wow. from whatever disaster, mm-hmm. had training for, so that people could teach the kids some games, how to wow. play when you don't have your your your,
0: <clears throat> your computer or, or your dolls your, or your yeah, cell
1: phone. Or, whatever, yeah, play some games with each other. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right. All um, right. We've talked about side hustles passion projects, I guess would be improv for you. Um, any other passion project that you had? So some people have like philanthropic work or.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say as far as, well, I, I still kind of do it, but I started, uh, volunteering and t- teaching improv in some schools, like with middle school and high school kids, oh, great. just some coaching and, and teaching and offering classes. Um, so that's, the only other philanthropic. I think it's hard sometimes as an RN, you're you're working in a field where you're serving all the time. Yeah. So the idea of going on a weekend and like handing and out coats or blankets, <laughs> right. it may not be as uh, enticing, mm-hmm. but still necessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say a lot of my – more philanthropic was, like, helping support other organizations through with the skills that I had. I've also done a lot of um, announcing and MC work for uh, fundraisers or auctions, um, people who, who need help. You know, yeah. they're like, we know what we want to say, but we don't have anybody that wants to say it. I'm like, <laughs> I'll, right. I'll say whatever you want. Yeah,
0: there's so, a lot of shy people out there. Yeah, very talented, shy yeah. people. They're yeah. so talented, so smart, and yet they're shy. They don't
1: want to get that microphone. So. So offering that, you know, whenever I've joined a, um, an association or a parents group or a school education thing, I always just say, and by the way, I have a background um, doing some announcing or Im- Im- improv or MC work. If you ever need somebody to talk to a crowd,
0: yeah,
1: I'm your person, so.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That's fun. So I bet you've gotten some pretty fun yeah, it's Yeah, it's been
1: fun. Yeah, I'm actually that. doing something coming up in February. Um, yeah, there's a community. There's some photographers and artists that are wanted to kind of bring people into their space. They have this big <clears throat> warehouse space. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're going to have like their previous customers and have them invite people and have some games and a band and wow. a raffle and stuff. So they just wanted somebody to manage all that.
0: That's fun. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. Right. Um, do you have any moment in your career as an RN that um, was an affirmation of your career? Like, yeah, I am on the right path. This is this is what I'm doing and it's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yes, um, definitely. But the specifics are, <laughs> are getting blurred. This, uh, I would say that happens just about weekly. Yeah. Um,
0: I would assume so for being an RN. Yeah, like whether it's you have little victories, yeah, or, yeah, um, and please don't HIPAA.
1: Right, you know, I can't. Yeah,
0: can't talk about two specific stuff. Um,
1: but there's, but there's been moments where you, you know, you've made a difference to someone's life, and it is really affirming. Um, if you are, if you are uh, caring for somebody who was in a traumatic accident, and um, there was a family who had been traveling in Hawaii, and they were uh, it was four cu- four people, two couples, and they were older, like retirees. This is a big dream vacation. Mm-hmm. And they were in Maui on that big curvy highway. I know it's it's a there's a name for it, but it's a highway that goes through the island of Maui up to the north and it's not really well lit or mm-hmm. um, easy to manage at night and it was their first time. Oh, doing wow. that, so they were coming back. I think it's called the Road to Hana. I could be wrong. Uh, Aloha. I'm sorry if I mean that did uh, yeah. that wrong. <laughs> um, so they were coming back, and they were on a curve, and there was a head-on collision. Oh. And I took care of the one survivor from that. She was flown over to Seattle. Wow. And and being there for her, um, you know,
0: that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they're grieving, and you have to focus on what you can do for them today. So it's like just holding their hand and say, hey, I'm here with you. I want to help you today. What, What would mean a lot today? And it could be just... Oh, can you call my daughter? Or, oh, can you wipe my butt? butt? It feels like it's dirty. Um, But just saying, uh, I know I can't deal with everything you're dealing with, but what could I do today that would make it a big difference? Mm -hmm. And so feeling like at the end of the day you've done that for at least half of your patients. You've done something that made a difference. At least somebody. It's affirming. It's very affirming. And I think also knowing that you can do things that you didn't think you could do, like, like talking to somebody like that. Uh, caring for somebody that on the outside world you would hate. You would hate this person. Yeah. You you know something about why they're in the hospital and how they got injured and maybe they were actually part of a crime. And finding that strength to be human with somebody mm-hmm. who just needs to be cared for, yeah. um, that can be affirming. Like, okay, I think I've found a calling that I that I feel really good about.
0: That must be real tough too. That's really Is tough. That? <laughs> yeah.
1: That can be a, tough when you're caring for somebody that you know has done people wrong.
0: Or or that you just wouldn't jive with yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I often don't have a poker face. I say yeah. that often as I, I just don't have a poker face. If I'm upset, you can see it on my uh-huh. face. If I'm angry or... or uh, gonna cry or something you can totally see it on my face there's no poker face here even though I'm an actress yeah yeah. I think you're you're
1: one of those vulnerable actresses yes all there (laughs) yes it is all
0: there um but that meant that or that means that if I was to be around somebody that I particularly uh do not jive with um it's tough for me to yeah. really put on a face and, and push through that. So I yeah. assume that would be pretty difficult for yeah. an RN to to do.
1: Yeah, and we have to. Yeah, um, yeah, you have to say, at this time, in this place, I am, you know, being an actress actually helps. You could say I'm playing the role
0: right. of a
1: yeah. uh, uh, generous and caring RN and the caring RN is going to go in and treat this person with respect and ask them how I can help them. And when they do something or say something rude, I will not take it personally. I would simply say, "Um, so my job here today is to actually help you get more comfortable. And that's what I'm focused on. So that's what I'm here for. How can I help, you know, and just let that other stuff go. But yeah, it can be very frustrating. And um, I would say, I've learned a lot about how to how to find connections with people when you don't have anything in common, or in your mind you have nothing in common. But right. you you always can find something.
0: Well, we're that, all human. Yeah, yeah, to
1: care for or care about for that person.
0: Amazing. You know,
1: I can recall grabbing someone's hand as I'm leaving, and say, "Hey, I don't think I'm going to see you again." And I know when you get discharged, you're going to be incarcerated, and I just want you to know that you have there's hope and you can change. Things can get better, Mm -hmm. and it just depends on how much you want that. So I'm going to hope that for you, and I'll be thinking of you. And, um, yeah, so just having that ability to be open with people and say, we might not get along in the outside world, but right (laughs) Right. now I'm here
0: for you. and I want to help you. Wow. Yeah, good job. (laughs) Thanks for being that (laughs) for people. Um, Do you think you would have chosen the same path? Like let's say you get – down, uh, right. you know, something happens and I go through a time machine. Is, or? Yeah. Time machine <laughs> happens and you know, uh, doc is there and he's like, you're going to oh go back gosh. to this year. Oh my gosh. Um, do you think you would do everything the oh, same or, I, or make some different choices?
1: Wow. That's a really good question. Uh, I think I would have still pursued being a nurse. I do. Um, yeah, I think I still would have pursued being a nurse. Uh, it's such a it's such an incredible role. Like I was saying, you can go anywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: It was flexible. I raised my two kids, you know, being able to work nights and not having to pay for as much childcare. Yeah. You know, I had a wonderful husband partner as well. But it, it yeah, nursing is an incredible a body of science and art together because it's the oh. science of the body and the art of caring or the art of humanity mm-hmm. yeah. combined. Um, and like I was saying, it it's the, the privilege to come along somebody alongside somebody and be part of their life in a very vulnerable, difficult time. Yeah. I've always enjoyed, you know, being like a deep talker. Like, let's talk about what's really going on, you know, with <laughs> really? my friends. Like we, we used to have, um, I was on a cheerleading team in high school. We had this thing called, oh, what is it called? Talking time. Everybody, come come around. It's talking time. And that means when you come, you're going to be real. And you're going to tell us what's really going on. Wow. And we would share our secrets or our challenges for the week. And I thought, nursing is such a... Such a um, exquisite opportunity for talking time, and you can you can be as close or as distant as you wish with your patients. But if you choose to be vulnerable and allow them to talk, um, I think it really helps heal more than the body; it heals the spirit.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, and then and then I think the biggest thing I would have done differently is just pursued self self care a little quicker, a little yeah. sooner in my youth and. Um, I'm so glad I found improv, but the finding that balance of healthy lifestyle, mental health,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a passion, relationship health, keeping, you know, good care of your relationships while you're going through these things. Um, I think you can do any job as long as you do those things on the side.
0: Yeah. Sweet.
1: So I guess, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, Just a yeah. little tweaks yeah, here and there. Yeah, little tweaks. And... In five to ten years, where do you see yourself?
1: Ooh, that's crazy. Um, so I do believe in setting goals. I think setting goals help you have the incentive to do that thing, and it also helps you actually create the possibility for those things. So yeah. I do have a couple goals. Um, I'm currently studying real estate. and Exciting. Yeah, and I thought real estate it might be something that I could do um, – more flexibly as I as I age and uh, w- want to travel, having some flexibility of schedule.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I've always been really interested in, in like houses and property and getting getting to use those houses. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'll work for Airbnb. But um, but real estate is something I've wanted to do, and so I've actually started taking those classes to take the test. And um, so I see myself possibly having a property somewhere. This is my dream. Okay. So my husband's very techy, but he's also into music. He's in a he sings. He's in a rock band. I do events, that's and that's I, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he's very musical and creative, and very mm-hmm. supportive. Mm-hmm. Currently works for a tech company, mm-hmm. um, but we've love bringing people together for creative expression. And so my dream is to have a space like a lodge or a cabin that might sleep up to 18, 20 people and be able to offer like retreats or mm. small parties or events, um birthday parties or team teamwork team uh, building, retreat, team building yeah. retreats, yeah. So my dream would be able to have a space like that in a beautiful location. I mean, the Northwest is beautiful, so it just has to be in the Northwest, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, but where people can come and either get restored emotionally or come celebrate or learn something. Yeah. So that would be my dream, and I'm, I'm hoping it can be a reality. And then we could have a small house of our own on the property but manage this space. So yeah. if my husband's listening, there <laughs> it is. It's out there now, so let's do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, she's in No Parchment Needed, which is my improv group that performs at Renaissance festivals. Okay. Um, She has been in an improv camp.
1: Oh, okay. And I
0: thought that was really cool. Yeah. And my ears perked up when I heard that. And yeah. I was like, how, what? And she's like, yeah, it's an improv summer camp. Ooh, So it's like for adults yeah. where oh. you can, you know, go to a place kind of like what you're describing yeah. where it's a lodge or whatever. Yeah. You get sleeping arrangements yeah. and you're doing oh. improv classes. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that I've always, like heaven.
1: I know. I've always <laughs> enjoyed do, things like that. I'd love that? to offer that to people. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. Um. Yeah, so that would be a dream. And then as a nurse, you're like, okay, and if you cut your foot,
0: I can take care of it. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So you're like one-stop shop. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the movie They, Them? I don't think so. It's a horror film. Okay. And it's delicious. Um, (laughs) I'm not plugging that. Movie here. Maybe I should probably cut that out, but <laughs> I can't because I don't edit right now. So, um, if you want to support Patreon, uh, you can support us. Uh, if you want to support Work History, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash Work History, and that's where you can um, be a donor and yes. you can help me uh, afford to get an editor. <laughs> huh. um, all right, last question, final question. We're here. Okay, this is it. Um, what is as some advice that you would have for somebody wanting to become an RN.
1: Okay. Well, I'd say the advice is uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it probably depends on your age and and where where you are. But let's say you are young and you are still in high school and you're thinking about it. Um, maybe maybe take some science classes or a psychology class if you can, because mm. that's going to be part of your, your training. But also letting people know that you're interested. So you hear that your neighbor had surgery. Hey, can I come over and, you know, help you get into your house? Or can I come and help you with things? Just seeing, do you have the gift of helping people? Right. Um, now, if you're somebody who's older, who's already started a career, then you're probably, if you're thinking about it, it's probably because um, – something inside your heart never got you never got to follow that path so again I would say jump in either do volunteer work first you know at a hospital which you can now again Um, you can can now again Um, they have they all almost every hospital system has a volunteer network of some kind so you can be in the mix but um just just get started so Let's say you have a job, but you're not sure you want to be a nurse. You could get, take a medical assistant program and see if you like meeting with patients, where you might, you know, take vitals and do some very basic um, care, and see if that works for you, and then continue. Cool. But I'd say there's so many paths to becoming an RN. There's so many ways. So I mentioned that I did the applied associate degree in nursing, applied science degree in nursing. Once I became a nurse I was able to go back to school evenings and weekends and I got my bachelor's degree as well. Um, So that just gives me a little more mobility as far as career path Um, and then there are some jobs where they actually want you to have a master's degree in nursing so that would be a consideration but um, there are so many needs for nurses so don't Hold back. If that's something somebody listening to wants to do, we need you. So um, get started. You could consult with a local university or medical department and just find out. Oh, uh, human resources at a medical um, hospital or clinic. The HR department would be able to probably tell you where where the local schools are, where where to get started.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Thank yeah. you. That's great yeah. advice. Thanks. And thanks for joining us, Leona. It oh, it's really...
1: an honor. And Cassie, I think what you're doing is so helpful. I love thanks. that you're so providing this service for people to learn about other jobs and yeah, see what's out there.
0: I I didn't even know that a lot of these jobs existed or what a pathologist is yeah. or, you know, what a, what really a senior marketing, whatever. Yeah. I think you hear about those things, but you don't what really know. What do you do? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, uh, a kid, Whose father or mother does whatever the job is? Like your mother was yeah. a, you know, she was a doctor.
1: My a mother RN. was actually no, she worked at Boeing.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> but she
1: always wanted to be an RN, and right. something kept her from doing that.
0: Weird. Um, but then when you got to experience another adult, that woman mm-hmm. who was in yeah another, the missionary you know, woman, the missionary woman, that was like that open that world up to mm-hmm. you and not everybody gets that kind of an experience. A right. lot of people like my mom, she was in, um, she was in fast food. Mm-hmm. So I thought fast food, that's where my right. life's going yeah. fast food. But then I realized, Oh, there is a whole world out there of yeah. different things you can do. And, and so it's always been a curiosity for me. That's like, awesome. what do you do? Yeah. How did you get there? Yeah.
1: I love <laughs> How that. How can I
0: get there. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we listen for- to all of them now. <laughs> okay, fantastic. All right, speaking of which, let's do this outro. for listening everyone i'm your host cassie townsend the theme song is wrapped by Greg straps chris kempton is our associate producer you can support us on patreon at patreon.com workhistory and join uh, fellow supporters it's a nice little community over there show notes have additional information on leona remember to rate review share and subscribe so what's your work history